0: Welcome to The Paleo View. I'm Stacy Top, best selling author and co creator of PaleoParents.com, where we focus on real life solutions for families seeking help.
1: I'm Dr. Sarah Ballantyne, New York Times best selling author and creator of ThePaleomom.com. I'm passionate about improving scientific literacy around public health topics.
0: I like hashtags and bone broth. And I'm just a super nerd.
1: I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I was doing like a really, really dorky, like, I don't know, hoppy robot, I was do envis- hoppy robot
0: dance. I was envisioning it. So I did that thing where you do your hands like in a circle from in front of you to your chest. What do they call that? Like, oh, yeah, that thing. Yeah, Now I'm doing it right now. Yep. It's a, it's a thing.
1: I'm doing it right now. We're double do even over here. Um, I got a little hip waggle, too. It's pretty awesome. Uh, my cat is looking at me like I'm crazy. What <laughs> else you know, is new?
0: You know when a cat looks at you like that? You're like... <laughs> oh, my cats always look at me like that. Why don't
1: you just sit there and continue to lick your private parts and we'll be fine.
0: My favorite thing is when Matt like shares with me these memes from the internet that are like, what cats think about you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, like, totally. <laughs> so
1: I had this conversation with my nine-year-old. And, you know, we were talking about the, the internet because she had been looking up some information. She'd end up, it up on a private university website and had put in her email address and her phone number and we started getting calls from this private university. And, like, of all the, like, ways to learn the lesson of, like, don't trust the internet, this was a really benign one because it was like, hey, that was the wrong number. Thank you. Bye. And then, you know, unsubscribe and then it's all gone. But, um, But we ended up having this, like, detailed conversation about, like, internet safety, which was – I mean, it was a good conversation to have. And I was like, because, you know, not everything on the internet is a good thing. And she goes, like, what? And I said, cat memes. (laughs) (laughs) She goes, what are those? And so we spent a good 45 minutes looking up cat memes, many of which had really inappropriate language for a nine-year-old, but that's okay. Um, she thought it was funny just the fact that I would, like, scroll past them really fast, but she would see what the words are. And she, like, has that vocabulary. She knows what those words are, but she doesn't use them. And then it became this, like, even funnier joke of, like, why do so many of these have curse words in them? Um, but we – Angry Cat is a thing. And she was like, wait a minute. Mom, I don't understand why these are bad. <laughs> and then i said you just don't want them popping up on your facebook feed that's all i'm saying <laughs> it um it was a great way to diffuse an otherwise pretty intense conversation um but uh but yes when i was faced with think of right now what bad things are on the internet i didn't say misinformation or you know scam artists or you know crazy african princes who want your bank account number I came up with cat means.
0: Yeah. I wouldn't have thought that that was, um, (laughs) the dark part of the internet. (laughs) Apparently,
1: apparently when push comes to shove and you need to come up with an answer right that minute, that is apparently what my brain thinks is, is a problem. And
0: if you're going to share it, um, that's certainly a less offensive thing to share than some other parts. Of it's the true. Episode. I have
1: I have a strong feeling that after Matt produces this show, he's going to start sending me cat memes. <laughs> I just I just know this is going to be start being a thing. And be like, oh, what's my Facebook Messenger ding? Oh, it's Matt with another cat meme.
0: <laughs> I, I
1: I have a strong. Strong feeling that's going to happen.
0: He does have an excellent ability to find things on the internet. (laughs) That is one of his greatest skills. I mean, it's a skill now. The internet's a big place. Yeah. He did this review of Russ's new um, audio book. I don't know exactly what we're calling his podcast cookbook pairing thing. Um But Uh,
1: we're calling it genius is what we're calling it.
0: Other than genius. Right. Right? I wasn't exactly sure because that wasn't going to be descriptive for people. Um, And so to Matt, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened. And if you're not sure what I'm talking about, uh, we can put a link in the show notes because both Sarah and I did a post about it. Um, But so Matt was doing the review for it. And Matt was like messaging me all day long about how genius it was and how like, Matt loves history, Matt loves food, Matt loves Russ, Matt's like, this is the best thing ever, and um, so he's writing the description, and he- Slash he, Tony Frederico. Yes, slash Tony. I t- mean- Tony, But Matt doesn't to know to Tony, do. so Matt's not, like, texting me about Tony. I oh. feel like I know Tony more from, you know, the internet. Matt's got a bit of bromance stuff happening with Russ exactly. And Matt yeah. and Russ totally bro out all the time. They go to see geeky movies together like they're they're bros. And so um anyway, he's a, he, Matt texts Russ his like draft write up or whatever. And Russ writes back and he's like, Okay, man, next thing we gotta do is get you doing a podcast called Thirsty Brain. And I was like, This is the best thing. This is genius. Like, this is exactly what Matt needs to do. Matt needs an outlet other than me to tell people about all the things that he learns on the internet. Because every day when I come home from work, the poor man has been stuck with children all day and is like, Let me tell you about all these things that I learned in the internet. And literally I'm like getting undressed from the bathroom to the bedroom to the closet and I'm like walking around and he's following me <laughs> like telling me about these things that he learned in the internet and I like part of me really loves it like if it stopped I would be so sad but then there's the other part of me that's like been hearing it for 15 years and it's I'm, like, been like yeah I
1: didn't think this was gonna keep going when I married you but exactly, it is exactly and so
0: <laughs> my whole point is that I think we all need to start a campaign for Thirsty Brain to happen.
1: Thirsty Brain is a genius title. Thank you, Russ. Uh, So, Russ, high five on that. And um, I love the idea that, Matt, it could just be completely random topics of...
0: It's like Seinfeld meets Drunk History meets, like, IFLS. I'm not going to say what that is, but I love science. Um, it's it <laughs> like it would be a combination of all of those things. Just like I'm telling you, it's why I married the man. Like I like listening to him. You would like listening to him too. So start a campaign, Thirsty Brain. Hashtag
1: hashtag Thirsty Brain, please. <laughs> uh I would listen to that, Matt.
0: Are we gonna do a show, or am I just gonna tell everybody that Matt needs to have his own show?
1: um i mean i think if we stopped our show now it would be a little bit weird (laughs) so um last week we talked about um it was kind of a circuitous discussion but we talked about um the shades of paleo and just how diverse a community paleo has become and we sort of alluded to paleo challenges in a few different places and you know i felt like There's a whole separate conversation to have around paleo and paleo-esque challenges. And I know that you and I both have some uh, opinions on the pros and cons of challenges. Um, Why don't we start with sort of talking about some of the major ones? I think we kind of, you know, we we name-dropped a bit last week, but I think we should (laughs) – Maybe reiterate. I mean, I think we just talked about Whole30. And I think Whole30 is probably the original, really.
0: Oh, uh, well. No. Okay. So let me give a little bit of... I'm going yeah. to do Let's a little some Thirsty history. Brain. Thirsty Brain, hashtag Thirsty Brain, please. Drunk paleo history here. I'm not actually drunk, though. So um, <laughs> what people might not know is that Rob Wolf used to do seminars. This might blow, blow people's brains. It might also blow people's brains that... Resultingly, when Rob retired from doing seminars, he um, bequeathed his seminar giving to two um, individuals in the community who he respected and followed their work and who he encouraged to also do seminars, which ultimately ended up happening. One of them was the Hartwigs, um, now Whole9Life um, slash Whole30 and the other was Diane Sanfilippo at the time balance bites balance bites did their her diane did her own seminar called balance bites until she joined teams with liz wolf and the two of them did seminars for a while together i don't think they do them anymore no
1: they did like um i don't know if they still sell it but they did like an online they basically recorded their seminars and then started selling them as like a webinar rather than an in-person version. I I don't know if it's still available or not.
0: Traveling is hard, people, period. Yeah, it's very draining. Like Liz has a kid now. It's a thing. And then the Hartwigs also at the same time started to do their own seminar. The seminars were different. Like they weren't Rob's seminars. Rob just said, I'm not doing seminars anymore. If you want to do a paleo seminar, I recommend that you do – the Hartwigs or Diane Sanfilippos, and then Diane's merged with Liz, and then the Hartwigs did their own. And I think that Melissa might still do stuff um on her own. She's kind of the brand ambassador for Whole 30 at this point. But anyway, so that's where that is the genesis of where those things came from, and those are the two biggest Paleo challenges. Yeah, and um, I
1: think I think that what predated those was Rob's. Try it for 30 days. Yes. See how you look, feel, and perform. Yes. At the worst, you know, you've given up your favorite foods for a month.
0: Yes. And he has the best euphemisms and jokes around that, that just make it so charming and wonderful that we can't repeat here on this show. But, <laughs> correct. We are not an explicit rated show. I personally love his, um, his sense of humor. So, anyway, um, So that's, I just, you were going to kind of jump into whole 30 and I wanted to give people the background that, um, originally paleo did not start as a whole 30 right now. That is what people think of, but it was not originally when you think about it, like a timeline perspective, you know, Rob was like this one dot in the chart and then it branched off into two dots on the chart and it's kind of, you know, become its own thing.
1: So we started with like Rob's. 30 day, but not, you know, like not something that had social media sites or you know books around it. It was like his, his like try it for 30 days thing. Then that that uh, led to the development of Whole30 and 21 Day Sugar Detox, which are two. Um, I think there's a lot of similarities between those two approaches in the sense that they're both um, quite rigid, um, but they do different but
0: things and they have different they do dif- intentions. they do have different
1: they have they certainly have different intentions and they certainly have um sort of like the the
0: <sighs> I'm going to break it down. All right, we don't That's need here. to talk in circles. We don't need to talk in circles. So a whole 30 um focuses on that do it for 30 days and do it clean. If you do not complete 30 days of a whole 30, you reset, so to speak. Um The 30 days of of Whole30, for example, the first time I did one, I was accidentally drinking tea that had soy lecithin in it and had to reset. I have blogged on my own blog about doing a Whole30. I have also blogged on the blog about doing a 21-day sugar detox. Um, I have also blogged about doing something else, which is the other one that I've done. I've done three different challenges. Um, I no longer do challenges. I've been very open about that, but you can go back and see me... Doing these kinds of challenges. The Whole30 focuses on how we defined it last week. No grains, no legumes, no refined sugars, oils, uh, processed foods, and no dairy. So it has... Um, but
1: it's also no, um, no unrefined sugars. So no maple syrup, no honey. Um, and it's a... Um, like, don't make a paleo substitute. Okay, I was
0: going to get to that. So they call it something in particular that we're not going to say on the show just because we don't know who you have listening in the car and we don't want to create questions that you don't want to answer. But <laughs> you can look it up. Um, it's something pants on. It's don't don't with your pants on. And the intention there is, with the Whole30, is to say – they don't want you to be thinking about how to recreate pizza and brownies. They want you to recognize that pizza and brownies aren't the best health foods for you. And they want you to focus and reset not just your body and your taste buds, but also your mind around what healthy food looks like. And so they want all the foods that you eat to be kind of in that whole form and for it not to be a recreation of something else. I will say that whole 30 has matured since I did a whole 30 a few years ago. I believe that both whole 30 and a 21 day sugar detox now allow ghee, which was not something that was included when I did it. Um, and I know whole 30 now allows potatoes, which was not included when I did it. Um, And there are also a lot more products that are Whole30 approved. So something, for example, like an RX bar or an Epic bar would be something that would now be allowed on a Whole30. Whereas when I did them years ago, that would have been considered a faux pas because it would be a recreation of, for example, like a protein bar that they wanted you to get away from. Um, So I think the difficulties, I'll be straight up on all of these things, right? Like I've done them and... The difficulties that I find, me personally, that I have with these kinds of challenge and what I was frustrated with Whole30 is that I could do something like create a crepe out of eggs, coconut, and water. And if I put almond butter and bananas in the crepe, it was something I wasn't allowed to eat. But if I put roast beef and avocado in the crepe, I could eat it. And for me, the definition of paleo is really around the nutrients and how you're fueling your body. And so the idea that the exact same ingredients and the exact same food product was either allowed or not allowed. And the arbitrary definition around it was very frustrating for me. Hmm. And because I have issues, I have, you know, disordered eating, I have emotional trauma around food psychology, um, that kind of mentality was something that was very difficult for me and made my brain constantly push on the edge of, right? Like I was constantly like, what can I get away with? (laughs) What? what, what Well, I'm going to trick the system. I'm going to find this gray area of food. I'm going to eat this certain thing, Um, which is not a healthy mindset. Like if you find yourself, if you find yourself doing that in a challenge, I would recommend that you read our blog post on, you know, is a paleo challenge really for you or are you justifying disordered eating because that's a disordered eating mentality, which is why I no longer do challenges. Did What did I miss about defining a Whole30?
1: Well, so one of the, I, um, one of the things I sort of wanted to expand on was the idea of, um, which I think is a really great idea, of rather than, you know, trying to create paleo adaptations of all the foods you already eat of getting used to your meals, looking like some kind of meat, some vegetables, and maybe some fruit. And that's actually, you know, when I get the question, that's my like canned response of when I get the question of like, I want to do paleo or I want to do autoimmune protocol. I don't know where to start. It's somebody who's eating a, a standard, you know, typical American diet. And I say, well, like think about the meals that you already eat that are paleo. You're probably already 50% paleo. You probably already have scrambled eggs and some fruit and maybe some bacon once a week for breakfast, but well, you think it's a treat, but it's only a treat because it took you longer to prepare than cereal, right? That's why you think it's a treat or you think it's a treat because you're worried about cholesterol, but we know we don't need to worry about that anymore. Um, so there's a breakfast that you have that's already paleo. And think about you know, steak and you know some roasted potatoes and a salad. That meal is already Paleo. And so just think about those meals that already, you know, fulfill this description and now work to having all of your meals look like that. So, uh, you know, a salad with some meat on it and a piece of fruit on the side for lunch instead of a sandwich, Um, you know, meat and a couple of different vegetables for dinner. Um, eggs and some fruit for breakfast. And then you can go from there to, you know, autoimmune protocol where you start to go, like, hey, leftovers make a great breakfast. What is breakfast? It's something that breaks your fast that was fast to make because we're busy. Uh, leftovers are a great thing that are fast because you just have to reheat them. So, um, but so that's, you know, that's my like normal response of like, just get used to your meals looking like some good quality protein and a few different vegetables. And I I feel like that that aspect of the Whole30 challenge is a really, really great one because that's a really accessible thing. But you can do that in a way that doesn't trigger disordered eating or that rebelliousness. You can do that in a way that's much more, I think, gentle and kind and respects gradual change rather than this um, idea of ripping off the Band-Aid and, you know, muscling through... Uh, an adjustment period for your body, and then you'll get out the other side, and everything will be easy because I don't think that everybody um I don't think that everybody handles change like that that cold turkey approach. I don't think that's the best way for everybody to tackle a change. I think that um I think that other people do much better with a step by step approach like what's outlined in real life paleo and I think that um you know I generally you know people will say, well, should I Should I, you know, how, how do I do this? Should I jump in with both feet? Should I take out one foot at a time? You know, what's, what's the best way? I'm like, the best way is however you have successfully implemented some kind of change to, to better your health in the past. So if you're a person who um, joined a gym, you know, joined a gym on January 1st and by January 27th, your gym membership was already collecting dust, then maybe jumping in with both feet is not the best approach for you. Um, but if you're somebody who, you know, has, has done really well with those types of cold turkey approaches in the past, then, um, then maybe that is a better thing for you. And I, I personally do better with a, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to think about it, I'm going to prepare for it. And then I somehow find the motivation to just do it. I personally have had better success with that approach in terms of healthy changes in my life. Um, but my family has all done better with a gradual approach, and I think that it it really comes down to respecting ourselves and respecting what works for us, and understanding that there's more than than one way to go about this.
0: Agreed. Are we gonna? Well, yeah. let's. Let, I want I want to talk a little
1: bit about the 21 Day Sugar Detox. Yep. That's why I was um, um, as a gonna... compare and contrast. Yep. Um, so, uh, I'll, I'm passing you the mic.
0: Okay. So a 21-day sugar detox where um, – so I'll explain the difference between a Whole30. Um, a 21-day sugar detox basically is um, has different levels that you can choose to enter in. So let's say you choose to go to the hardest I don't want to say hardest. The I think most it's, strict, like one, it's like 1, 2, 3, I right, think. It's like the most strict level would be actual uh, paleo the same way that a Whole30 would be paleo, except that in addition to um, all the items we listed off before, that you would also not be consuming any fruits um, or any sweeteners at all, with the exception of either one green-tipped banana or one green apple a day. The exception that you can do on a 21-day sugar detox, but you cannot do on a Whole30, would be to make replications of non-paleo foods. So, your green banana or your green apple. Yeah. Oftentimes, what you'll find, and I myself have these recipes on my blog, Uh, because I was very good at breaking these rules when I was on a 21 day sugar detox is I would um, make a lot of recreated foods with that green tipped banana or with that apple. Um, You know, you can, you can bake it, you can do all kinds of different things with it. Um, You can, you know, and again, the, the point I I was honestly um, more capable of, staying on a 21-day sugar detox with a healthy mindset because I was able to think about food nutrients and think to myself, okay, these ingredients, even though it might look like a muffin or whatever, the ingredients are what I need to focus on. What because I have the issues that I have, however, is any challenge that I do, my brain puts me on that. Like, well, I'm going to make a paleo treat just to make one, not because I really wanted it or, you know, was compelled to have it for whatever reason. It was like it, because I, because I need to prove a point that I can, I will. And that wasn't a healthy thing (laughs) for me. Again, if you're experiencing that Check out the post. Not so great for you.
1: (laughs) One of the things that I see, uh, more so with the 21-day sugar detox compared to the Whole30, but I see it with both of these challenges, is people dropping their – and this is especially a concern for women – dropping their carbohydrate intake really low. And um, one of the things that that can do is it can disrupt sleep. It can be a stressor on the body. So it can – you know it it like – a stressor increases cortisol. Uh, it can contribute to adrenal fatigue. Um, it um, can definitely hamper performance at the gym. Um, it can, um, depending on exactly, you know, how sensitive an individual is, what other health things are going on, how low carb they're going. Um, whether or not there's any other nutrient deficiencies going on, but it can also mess with things like sex hormones. It can mess with things like um, thyroid function. Um, And, you know, because my audience tends to be an audience coming to paleo from a, from a perspective of chronic disease, you know, we, we sort of see this like enticing, like challenge and I'll be able to, you know, by the end of this challenge, I will have broken up with food and I'll, I won't have any addiction, with food whatsoever and I'll have completely, you know, reset my palate and, you know, have this, whatever, all the amazing things. And I, I feel like for many people, um, the way that some people implement these challenges is not, um, is not benefiting their health the way they want it to. And that's, I mean, to me, that's a problem because um, for both of these challenges, The perspective is not flood the body with micronutrients. Um, The perspective is not, um, hey, let's do all of these great choices to uh, restore diversity to the gut microbiome. Um, It's not a, hey, let's eat for hormone regulation. I mean, they don't come from these perspectives of, um, you know, impacting systems that would have, I think, a big – a bigger – physiological response in terms of a health benefit they come very much from the psychology of food and very much from uh, a food addiction perspective and i think um a also limited view of food addiction because we know for example that um sleep uh so when you're not getting enough sleep that actually um, has the same changes in dopamine receptors in the brain as we see in addicts. And we know that, uh, inadequate sleep is a major trigger, um, for addiction. And so, and, and we see it in food addiction. So we see that people who don't get enough sleep are much, much more likely to suffer from obesity and binge eating disorder. And so, um, so I think that they, they aren't perspectives. Like you mentioned, um Last week, how much you liked Marks daily Apple and his approach that really started wrapping in a lot of these lifestyle approaches um I think the thing with these particular challenges is they don't have that lifestyle focus right there's there's a really intense metabolic adjustment that has to happen with a dramatic change in macronutrient ratios, and to achieve that in a healthy way, it requires low stress levels and fairly high levels of light to moderate activity and a lot of sleep and an extreme nutrient focus because nutrient deficiencies really change how our body's response to everything else. And um and to me, I feel like um those are there there's certainly right, there's certainly limitations of these challenges that can be avoided with more education and certainly a lot of these things come into play more in the the, the people who do cyclical challenges. So people who start a 21 day sugar detox the, on the first of every month, and they spend three weeks out of every four doing a 21 day sugar detox, and the other four falling back into, you know, their pre a
0: binge sh- fest of some kind. <laughs>
1: a binge fest, yes,
0: that's so what I was trying to say. I will say too, to to the absolute credit of the creators of these challenges. There are guidebooks that are created to detail, for example, if you are, have an activity level such as blah, 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 then the recommended quantities of starchy vegetables are increased. And so, you know, I think... Or if you're a pregnant woman, there's a a different thing. Or nursing or or whatever, right? So the, the trouble that I see is that a lot of times people just say i'm gonna do this challenge Hmm. and they don't like really look into they're
1: doing the challenges based on the information they can glean from social media posts um or Or what their friends or a a quick a quick challenge summary guide that's available for free without investing the money in actually purchasing the detailed resource
0: right and i think you know when you're talking about your health um while you might think oh this is 21 days or 30 days or whatever, what you don't want to do is negatively affect your metabolism. I mean, Sarah and I just did a show a couple of weeks ago about how these short bursts of um, biggest losers, for example, who do something can permanently alter the the scientific studies show that they permanently alter their metabolism
1: don't use the word alter let's use the word break
0: break okay broke. broke
1: their metabolisms
0: right um and what we don't want to have happen is someone jump into something not be fully educated not do it you know the right way and break themselves in, in the process. And, you know, I know for me, I did too many challenges. I was one of those people who was chronically doing challenges who, you know, in between was like, oh, I'm going to eat all the things because I'm going to do a 21 day sugar detox next week. Um, it, it's just to make logically, it just doesn't make any sense. Like how about I just not eat the things and then, right. then I don't have to go on a detox. I could just not eat the things. Um, And that's, you know, it's not to say that it's without challenges. I for sure have, you know, ebbs and flows of, you know, sugar cravings and like it often has to do with stress and lack of sleep. And exactly what I was about to say. It's more difficult. It is a hundred percent more difficult to hold myself accountable when there isn't some, you know, rule associated with it. Um, But for me, for me personally, that is what I have to do because it is not, mentally and emotionally healthy for me to do challenges. Not everybody has the problems that I have. And there are so many people. I mean, these challenges have brought millions of people to paleo. And um, yeah,
1: I think it's really important to like, let's acknowledge that this is an entry point for a lot of people. And and that is obviously,
0: it's obviously working in some capacity because people are coming to the community and staying. My concern and what, you know, Sarah and I have talked about before is that we hear from people who, you know, they did a challenge and then they kind of tailspin out of it and they associate paleo with being a yo-yo diet because they associate it with that, you know, on, off, on, off, you know, detox binge detox binge and that is not at all what any of the creators of these um, challenges intended and it's not at all healthy for anybody and so you know when you think about the context of a challenge and the reason that I wrote a really detailed kind of um, risque post about, you know, maybe paleo challenges aren't for you. The number one thing that I say is if you've done more than three in a year, like it's not a good sign because it, you know, if you feel compelled to, to reset or to detox, it, it doesn't say good things about how you think of your food on an everyday basis. And that's where we really need to get to be a healthy person. And I know that's a challenge for me every day. I need to think about like, Oh man, even today, I joked with uh, a coworker, I was eating a salad for lunch and she came in and she was like, you always eat so good. And I was like, yeah, but I'm thinking about a cupcake. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sitting here thinking about a cupcake while I eat this salad. (laughs) So, you know, it's just, it's life. It's, I don't know what else to say other than that. Um, Yeah, I, you know, to me, I think that
1: taking, you know, I... I came to paleo with a I'm going to try it for 90 days. You know, like I had read Rob's Wolf, try it for 30 days. I was like, oh, Rob Wolf, I'm going to see your 30 days and raise you 60. And I was like, I'm going to try this for 90 days and see see how it goes. And within two weeks, I was like, oh, wait a minute. This is clearly awesome. This is my thing. Um, but I think that, you know, I, I sort of approached it from that perspective of, Um, I'm going to jump in with both feet and I'm going to do this thing. But, you know, I started August 31st, uh, 2011. So coming up actually on five years and, you know, for, I made my first treat, like I was eating fruit, but I made my first actual like paleo dessert the week before Halloween. So like, not quite two months in. Yeah.
0: For me too, too, it was like months because almond flour was something you could only buy online at the time. It was really expensive. It was a big thing. Yeah.
1: Um, and I made like a almond coconut bar with a minimally sweetened, like dark chocolate thing on the top. And actually the recipes on my website. And, uh, it was amazing. And I ate the entire tray in about a week. um, But that to me was the beginning of me then seeking balance and sustainability on paleo and and something that was the beginning of not a straight line, right? There was ups and downs and I still will have times, you know, as you mentioned, right, where my sleep is not dialed in and my stress is is getting too high and I have more cravings and I make – I have less inhibited eating, which is a, you know – proven consequence of stress and inadequate sleep. So I'm making more um it sort of rash decisions when it comes to food and making, you know, worse choices. And I go, oh hey, this dessert's been happening a lot. Uh, maybe I need to rein things in. And I still have those ups and downs. But for me, the search is not for the set of rules or the next great challenge. The search is for sustainability and what I need to do to be able to make the best Choices as often as possible for the rest of my life, and um, and I think that's you know where challenges can be a really neat entry point because they can show people the power of a diet as an input to health really really quickly right so you go from a standard American diet to any version of paleo and most people I mean some people will have this like right there's you know there's this metabolic shift that has to happen if people are really not used to um a lower carbohydrate or more uh whole food sources of carbohydrate type diet. They can have headaches and fatigue and right, there can be this group of symptoms that typically goes away in three to four weeks. And then people are like, oh my gosh, angels are singing, this is amazing. Um I, you know, for me it was like two days. And within two days I was like, well, I think I'm gonna start weaning off some of my medications and see what happens because this is pretty awesome. And within two weeks I was off of all six prescription medications that I was on at the time. And um, and so I I think that, you know, that idea of a month clean, I think is a really good idea for people coming into paleo period because it is that period of clean eating, A, is highly motivating to dedicate to at least a version of this lifestyle because you can see really quickly – what kind of health benefits you can glean. I think that it also is a really great place from which to start that individual experimentation that we talk about all the time. So you start with a month really clean and then you can start playing with these gray area foods. It becomes really obvious after doing a month of clean paleo, you know, how well you actually respond to food. So then you get to play with things like dairy or um popcorn or gluten-free grains or a glass of wine or you know like you get to start playing with how those those foods actually work for you as an individual and and so i i like that idea but i think that we can achieve that without the um rigidity and um I, I think arbitrariness of some of the rules that go in with challenges and not, I mean, we've talked about whole 30 and 21 day sugar talks, but a lot of the 30 day paleo challenges that CrossFit boxes have also have some of the, the same um, aspects to them in terms of, you know, some the, some of those rules are this just there to be rules. Um, and so I think that, I think that it's, it's a wonderful entry point for a lot of people, but it's not by a long stretch the only way to get into paleo.
0: So I agree. I would just like to add slash summarize the the one challenge that we didn't mention is the one that I would actually recommend for people if they don't have um, the disordered eating kind of challenge that I have with. Um, I'm, I'm raising the roof already because I agree. Uh, is the whole life challenge. And the reason that I like the whole life challenge is because it um, is less rigid. It allows for a kind of, um, well, first of all, you, you enter in kind of the same way with a 21 day sugar detox, knowing what the limitations are. I think there's three levels. Um, and so you can decide what, what your commitment level, what you want to sign up for is. Um, what I like also is that, um, it's kind of a points-based system, and you can gain a lot of points by doing lifestyle things like drinking water, being active, sleeping. They're, they have a different kind of thing that they want you to, to learn and focus on every week. Um, but you also can honestly report, like, hey, I didn't have a perfect food day. I had, you know, a gluten-free piece of cake because it was my birthday or, you know, whatever. Right. Um And then it's not like the end of the world. The whole system doesn't crash and they don't kick you out of the club. It's like, okay, well, good. I'm glad that, you know, I have all these other lifestyle factors. And what I like about that is because if, and it's this online system, at least the one that I did, and there's a community yeah, got, of people that got you
1: apps now. Yeah,
0: and you so, ta- you like yeah. talk to your group, and um, what I what I like about that lifestyle thing is it allowed me for the first time since I had been paleo to wrap my brain around the fact that like getting sleep and drinking water was just as important as having this perfect food, mm-hmm. right? And so it was like. I had to think like, oh my gosh, the points are weighted in such a way that if I do stretching every day, like that's more valuable than if I like obsess over whether or not I like chose to put uh heavy cream in my coffee. Because sometimes I want to have coffee. I don't have coffee all the time. And when I do, I really like it with heavy cream and heavy cream was not allowed on the highest level of Whole Life Challenge. It wasn't defined as an approved food. I'll put it that way. It's, it's allowed. You, anybody can eat whatever they want to eat. But um, I would have to dedu- deduct points for myself for doing that. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I can continue to do this two or three times a week if I focus on like stretching and drinking water and getting sleep. And that is the healthy kind of mindset that I think is mm-hmm. important to try to achieve on this kind of challenge is to like learn something and get your brain to, to be thinking about healthy things. And for a lot of people, the healthy thinking on a whole 30 is they're focusing on putting vegetables and meats on their plate and their brain is thinking in the right way. That didn't work for me. And if that works for you, great. If you know, eliminating sugar, if you if you are a sugar addict and you have a lot of problems with sweeteners, like eliminating sweets from your taste buds and resetting your taste buds to you know, to not. Uh, enjoy those sweets because I'll tell you the first day off a 21 Day Sugar Detox, when you eat something sweet, you're like, "Whoa, oh, what is yeah. that?" what um, just happened. And I, you know, so if that's what you're into, that'll work for you. But for me, and I know Sarah, you, you also did a Whole Life Challenge. Um, that that's my I'll say favorite of the challenges. And I, you know, it, it wasn't um a trigger for me the way that some of the other ones were.
1: I actually got to meet Andy Patrunic the. Creator of the Whole Life Challenge at PaleoFX this year, and had a really great conversation with him about the challenge and, like, just you know, where it's come. And one of the things that I think has been so successful about that is, or two things. So, one is I think exactly what you already talked about, which is this aspect of it being the sum total of good choices. And the more good choices that you make, right? And we know this from science. The more things are dialed in, the more resilient our bodies are to the few suboptimal choices and so with the point system, that's kind of built in, right? So it's like, hey, I get to have my coffee with heavy cream if I've got all of these other things that i'm I'm you know focusing on as well and you know I remember when you did it, and you were like, i you know you felt great, and I think was there was that the one that had the um the crossFit wad before and after? Yes, it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember I was visiting you at the end when you did your, <laughs> your second your second wad. That was before I started crossfitting. I thought you were crazy. Um, now, now I've drunk the Kool Aid, so I wouldn't think that anymore.
0: Well, and what what I'll say was what was interesting about that is that I had switched to CrossFit. I mean, I had switched from CrossFit to strongman in the middle of that challenge, and I was convinced that. I was going to have a worse wad at the end because they want you to, you know, like basically evaluate your performance, uh, after doing the challenge. And, um, I had actually gained two pounds, but I had lost inches because of, you know, focusing on the right things or whatever. And I was like, oh no, there's no way I'm going to be able to like row and do things that I wasn't doing in strongman at a better pace. And I totally did.
1: Yeah. I, I remember watching, I think it was like a 1500 meter row and then a bunch of what's like, Air squats and push-ups and burpees or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And I remember watching you and being like, "Dang, that's pretty awesome." Um. And totally intimidating. Um. Uh, and then, hey, a couple years later, and now you're doing it. Now I'm doing it. Um. But one of the other things about the whole life challenge that I think is is really well thought up is that um that sort of video game aspect of it. That's right because there's points. There's this immediate reward thing and i don't think that you know the other challenges right you have to go through all 21 or 30 days and then your reward was the fact that you did it and you didn't have to restart over whereas with the whole life challenge you have this like and i I find the same thing with um tracking micronutrients with chronometer right that's like a different thing but chronometer can become a game right oh i'm Not haven't hit my hundred percent of calcium yet today. What food, you know, what low calorie food can I choose so that I don't go over my calories, but I can get my calcium really easily, right? Like, there's a little bit of a game aspect to it, and I think that the whole life challenge has that. It's that extra little. um, It's that daily, right, for every choice that that little reward because I got points for this. And I think that as, um, you know, especially as you're transitioning to paleo and you're learning about your body and you're trying to figure out what is optimal for you as an individual, um, it can be really hard to maintain motivation and commitment day in and day out for a long enough period of time that the majority of those better choices can start to feel easy and be a a good habit. And so whatever advantage that we can have to get through that, you know, and some people it is the rigidity of a, of a challenge. And for other people, it's a different approach, but I like this whole like gaming aspect where we kind of go like, Hey, I got X number of points today. Yay me. Right. And I, I just, I kind of like that, that reward. That's not, um, not a cupcake. It's not a cupcake.
0: <laughs> well, and I would say too, if you find like me, the challenges are just not something that's good for you. We did write a book to help you through <laughs> starting paleo yes, um, ma'am, without challenges. So if that's something you're into, and I'm not, this, the point of this podcast was not to peddle my book, but that the reason that we wrote real life paleo is for families, because you can't tell a 10 year old that you're going to, do a whole life challenge and you know it's it's aimed at helping you get through the different phases of entering a a nutrient-dense anti-inflammatory healthy lifestyle with you know at the pace that you want to do it for the people that that need that and like Sarah said she jumped in and the rest of the family was a little more transitiony it was very similar in our home and you know with families and small children it's often the case. And what I hear very often is one person in the family does a challenge and finds that this lifestyle makes them feel so good that they want to do it for their family, but that they know that they can't just have their family jump onto a challenge because it's so drastic. And that's where I think that a tool like Real Life Paleo could be really helpful for people to get their family eventually on board. Totes. Sweet.
1: Uh, So I think that's a wrap. Um, I don't know what we're talking about next week. Oh, um, we have a
0: guest. Do we have a guest? I think we do. Excellent. If not, you'll never know. I mean, like, we'll just we'll surprise you next
1: week. You don't know. Right. It'll be, we'll be back next week. That's what I do for know. For sure. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Paleo View. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes. You can also support us by shopping for our favorite paleo products on the sidebars of our individual websites or by donating through PayPal.
0: I mean, because if you name one book, it's weird because then when you come out with others, they're not going to be named. And like your second and third book, you're not naming. You know what I mean?
1: No, because I don't love them as much. I know. I only only love
0: my firstborn book. You don't want to choose
1: favorites. I totally have a favorite. (laughs) (laughs) and I mean that for my books. And my children.
0: I'm Stacy Toth.
1: No. You sounded like you were asking a question. Yeah, a little bit like, wait, who am I? What do you care about, Stacy?
0: <laughs> That's a really good question. <laughs> what did you used to care about, Stacy? I have a pencil. What?
1: That's old school.
0: With, like, even one of those eraser top things, obviously the boys left it down here. And I'm like, why did adults give these up? These are genius. These little things that you put at the end of your pencil, they, like, add just the right weight to the pencil when you hold it and everything.
1: You have to uh, get a pencil, you actually have to put in a pencil sharpener? Mm Mm-hmm. Dude. I mean, classic for a reason, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I need more pep, more cowbell. I need more cowbell. Okay.